All right, I'm here at uh, IQM uh, 2 right now, and I'm speaking to, go ahead and pronounce your last name, your full name, I'm not going to even try. Richard Le Parmentier. And of course you played Admiral Mahdi in the uh, Star Wars movie. I had that honor, I was that Imperial, and still am in many circles. <laughs> now, uh, how does it feel to, uh, to be regarded in a way, of course you have the singular honor of being uh, known as the Imperial that was uh, choked by Vader, so it kind of sets you above the rest of the uh, Imperial officers. How is, it, how is it to feel that after 20 plus years um, that you're recognized not just as that character but recognized in this uh, Star Wars realm by so many fans? Well, actually, it's how you perceive it. I was the only Imperial officer to stand up to Darth Vader. As you may have noticed, that everyone else kowtowed and licked his boots except me. So, I mean, it's a great distinction. Um, and the idea that it's still we're still around after 25, 26 years is quite amazing. Um, when I did the film, I did it because one of the reasons for doing it was that it's slotted between two higher-paying jobs, and I was um, I was about to play Ernest Hemingway for the BBC, and I was offered this part, and I shaved off my Hemingway mustache and went off for a week to do. Star Wars, and of course, 25, 26 years later now, I, uh, my Hemingway is long forgotten, and my six minutes of screen time are cinematic history. <laughs> yeah, I think that Hollywood and fans are fickle like that. I mean, it just all depends. Although I'm sure in Hemingway circles you're known quite well. Well, probably not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is your take on some of these conventions, just fans themselves, dressing up in the Imperial Guard, sometimes modeling themselves after you? Oh, I think that's, that's wonderful. Well, it's again, it's down to fans. Star Wars fans are totally different from any other group of fans. Uh, and I think probably everyone knows the, the, the joke, which I heard two years ago at San Diego, of uh, the difference between Star Wars fans and Star Trek fans. Uh, Star Wars fans have jobs. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a way of that Star Wars fans, you know, get into it. They're, they're, they're much more organized. Uh, particularly a fan-run convention like this um, is so much better than any uh, like uh, fan-run convention by other people other than I've been to a few of them. Uh, they're just better organized, you know. They're better, and they're more fun. I mean, you actually we can go out and have some fun. And the idea that I have stormtroopers is something that people really just you know they don't understand. And I said, well, just click on the 501 website, you know. To these guys, I'm second in command. You know, nice. Darth Vader is their worldwide commander, and I'm a heartbeat away from commanding the 501st. And I think it's, you know, it's really neat. Now, um, you mentioned earlier while you were uh, helping one of the one of your folks, uh, you mentioned that you do stand up. Is that correct? I wrote a stand up. I don't do stand up. Oh, it's okay. a real, it's a big, tough thing to do. It's a totally different art form. But I, I did a. Uh, a one of the like the third show I did in the states, where it turned out to be a bizarre Star Wars Star Trek convention in Denver, where we were snowed in in an early snow, and uh, we were snowed in with twelve hundred Trekkies, which is quite strange. Six hundred of them speaking Klingon, <laughs> so it was a bit odd. But I did a Q and A there, and it was uh, it was one of those like golden days in the afternoon. I walked on stage and did this Q and A. 2.15 in the afternoon and I came off at about three thirty, uh, and I don't remember a thing that had happened except 
people were just splitting themselves. And I was just, I was on a roll. And I just, it was a really good Q&A. And I was sitting around. Then some guys came to me about a fan film. But they wanted to do a fan film based on the premise that Admiral Mahdi escaped the Death Star and went to live on a tropical planet. Nice. With uh, some loyal stormtroopers, of course, and some imperial officers and deserters from the rebellion and some uh, drunken Wookiees and rabid Ewoks and everything. And then they began to harass the, uh, the, the rebellion, uh, but then they became an embarrassment and, and Captain Piet was dispatched to terminate the Admiral's command and to terminate it with extreme prejudice. So, so the idea, they were going to call it Mahdi Now. <laughs> so I, so I kind of helped them with it, with the idea. I helped the idea along, but I couldn't be a part of it. So, uh, and of course, but they didn't get it together. So I just always said this. I was sitting around talking with my agent one night, and we just went. I went on a, I went on a, on a riff, and he said that is so funny. Why don't you just do a stand-up? So I did. I sat down, and it took me about three days to write off every. You know, it's really just having a ball with the Empire and the Death Star, you know. And the idea that the Death Star is, you know, I mean... Um, and the, my, my position of being, you know, a character in Star Wars has always been, you know, considered odious and snide and, you know... But, you know, what really what a funny guy Marty was, you know, and then I go on to prove it. So um, I wrote this, and I offered it to Steve Sansweet, and Steve was very nice, Star Wars... Uh, Lucas Rice and you know, you know, could I do this in celebration as an entertainment? Because they were asking us to do things, you know. So I said, Look, I've come up, I've got a stand up. So I, I said, Do you want me to send it to you? And he said, No, I would rather see it, you know, I want to see it when you do it. But then the scheduling you know, just it went out the window at celebration because we physically couldn't get to it. There were too many people, there were too many things, you know, we didn't happen. So it's been kind of, it's been awaiting its premiere. So is it possible to uh, have that videotaped and actually sell it on, uh, bring it to conventions? I thought of that. Nah. Nah. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't know. I'd rather just do it because it's kind of like Eddie Izzard material. I'm, hmm. I'm a big fan of His material evolves. It's constantly evolving, you know. And you can see Eddie do two or three shows and he'll do similar material. Because it's never the same and it kind of just keeps going on. So I wouldn't want to lock it down. I got you. You know. Now, would it be possible to uh, get a little a little riff here, or probably no, not on radio. I'm going to wait till it's. I'm going to be doing it. What we're doing, we're we're hopefully for next year, we're going to organize the Three Admirals tour for hopefully for two or three of the bigger shows, which, <laughs> I, which in an ideal world would be San Diego uh, or. Well, Chicago and Dragon Con, and we're going to go, and that would be consist of Michael Sheard, no, sorry, Richard Leparmontier, Ken Colley, and Michael Sheard. So I had to get the billing organized there, um, and there'll be the three of us. So we'll do it then. I, w- I would do it. That would be my portion of our free admirals tour. Uh, Ken and um, I don't know what Ken will do actually. I think Ken's more the the Buster Keaton of Star Wars. I think Ken would just react by raising his eyebrow. Be more the straight man. Uh, yes, he would just probably get all the laughs by because he gets more laughs reacting to my not <laughs> reacting to Michael Sheard. Have you seen Michael Sheard work? No, not yet. I haven't. You had haven't any. had that. He's, he's yeah. you've seen Michael Sheard work. Did you buy his book? No, I haven't bought his book. You didn't buy the book. 
you and I, kindred spirits, who are able not to buy the book. He's written three volumes of his autobiography. And he is just the most, I mean, he's the most tactless, bellicose of, of Star Wars personality. And he actually, I'll say this, I don't care if it's on the internet or not, he does drive us mad. But the fact is that he's incredibly entertaining. And, and we've actually evolved and we've been asked to do Q&As together. This has actually evolved as Michael goes into the audience as the Jerry Springer of Star Wars. <laughs> and, and Ken and I rag on him when he asks us questions or he relays questions from the audience. Because he, 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 he can be a little puffed up about himself. And Ken and I, you know, so the whole thing is, like, is evolving into an act. So I said, look, we might as well just do the act, you know, and be done with it. So that is our aim for next year. Is to do the three admirals tour at some of the bigger shows. So next year will be it will be consisting of my legendary stand-up, um, Admiral Ozel's book signing, and uh, and Ken Colley's baleful stare at both of us as we uh, you know, as we rag on and tear. Uh, Star Wars convention. <laughs> anyway, hey, you see, you got a joke as well, you know. Polar Bowl is the second film I did, and I had the, uh, I was, it was a, one of the lead characters. I was the guy that, my character was, never had a name, but I was referred to as the crocodile, because what I did, I perpetrated all the off-screen, all the off-track violence. So I killed people, I killed people for John House. <laughs> and I killed, got rid of Jimmy Kahn's girlfriend, I shoved pills down her throat. You know, when they go and the people go out and start blowing up the trees, I go out and I assassinate the lead guy. And I had this really cool part. And then United Artists saw the finished film, and they saw in the game, in the film, the, the first cut, the final cut that Norman did, was so violent. It was like film was ahead of its time. And my character was so nasty. I had like three lines of dialogue. But every time I turned up, death have I killed somebody really and took great pleasure in it and so I was like this film's going to make you this is like career break I go to Los Angeles for the opening of the film and I've been cut because the film was too violent the game was completely different in the movie they cut the game and they cut me out but I was in LA at the time and I got an audition for this space western that Lucas was making <laughs> and I got Star Wars so it kind of worked out there you go. That was a hey, quick, quick double anecdote, double dip that. That was very nice. That was Good. very nice. Cool. Now, of course, we, we were talking. You mentioned uh, earlier about a fan film. Now, what is your take on fan films? Have you seen? Well, the, fan uh, some of them are really unbelievably awful. <laughs> I, I cheers. Thank you very much. Thank you. No, they're really cheers. Nice meeting you. Take good care. See you, Luke. Yeah. Let's think of your dad named you Darth. But you mentioned um, some of the fan films that you've seen are, are quite I'm really interesting. I mean, I've seen a couple down on Florida, which are unbelievably bad. But then you see something like Troops, and I'd never seen Troops until I did a, uh, I did a literary sci-fi convention. Boy, that's a genre to stay away from. I didn't realize, you know, didn't realize that they were that bad. Uh, it's a bunch of writers, and they sit around and they drink. They just drink. They drank the bar dry at the University of, uh, of Winchester when I went to see, do this. They had to go and have another special delivery brought in 
and they drank all that beer, and then they had to go borrow beer and cider from a pub the next day to satiate, to satisfy their craving for alcohol. But that's the first time I saw troops, and I was absolutely knocked out with it. I couldn't believe it. Then, I had great pleasure. I did a signing with Kevin. I met Kevin. So I'm actually going to talk to, after these guys, you know, in Florida didn't do the fan film. Then I saw some of their work. Uh, they obviously weren't up to it. So I'm, um, I'm going to talk to Kevin about doing troops, because he's a big Marty fan, and he's put me in some of his comics, and he's, so, um, He's done some storylines, so I'm gonna, we're gonna, Kevin and I are gonna maybe try and do it. So that's a cool. like, hopefully that might be a, that's a, a first. Uh, so you heard it here first. Ah, exclusive. Yes. Exclusive. Yes. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, the re- the uh, site that uh, this show is going to be on, StarWarsFanWorks.com, is taking off where a lot of the fan films have started to fail, where there's so many of them. Um, oftentimes, some of the stories, some of the writing, yes, there are fantastic ones out there, but a lot of them have started to kind of drop off and start mm. to become quite mediocre. And so that's where um, Star Wars fan audio productions, uh, much like their specific mm. audio dramas made. And uh, we're hoping that this will take fans to the, another level. Besides just fan films, besides the, the just the pizzazz and graphics, which oftentimes are astounding, but the story may be weak or the dialogue may be weak, no character development, but you've got some great uh, CG and 3D ships and, and special effects and everything. With well, audio, the story is what has to carry it. Now, I've got two more questions for you. First of all, um, okay. who designs your uh, your photographs here? Uh, that, that was a graphics guy that I know who designed that. Um, what that is a new graphics guy that I just took it to him. Uh, I just said, "Look, just I need a new picture because I'm going back to Atlanta and uh, and Orlando, and I need new pictures." So he did that for me. Uh, now, what about this one here? It's a cinematic. It's got a, a widescreen shot of, uh, of course, you being uh, choked by Vader. Uh, above it, it has uh, you know scene 22, as if, as if it's directly from the script. From the script, that is that was scene 22, exactly. and that is Vader's line mm-hmm. reaction to me to him choking me. Of course, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yes. It's a great line, and I have to say that's one of the the coolest uh, promotional pictures that I've, I've oh, seen. Oh, well, thank of you. That's a good one. I, I, well, I actually, I tried when I did it. I cut. I was going to have it as a larger shot, still widescreen, but a larger shot. And I cropped, I had the guys crop Peter out of it, and it didn't work. You need Peter looking at us, and it gives it a, it just gives it a symmetry, just the balance of the shot. So, um, yeah, so it is a cool shot, and it's, it's yeah, that, these two are the most popular, the, the, the official portrait. And, of course, the official portrait, I, I've seen you do it with some of the fans in between this interview, which is uh, just amazing. I think it's a nice touch. It's a picture of you with the Death Star uh, behind you, and you actually point out where your office is. Oh, yeah. I actually got to see where you where the bar was. Well, there, sometimes if you're the right young lady, I will also show them where my private quarters well. are as well. <laughs> and also suggest an invitation to dinner at 8. <laughs> I've been known to do that. It's an hour, it says, and I say, the, I'm the one imperial officer who's never been slapped. <laughs> He's getting slapped all the time. What are your upcoming projects? Anything you'd like to promote? Well, well, no, no, allegedly I'm a screenwriter, but I haven't sold a film in a long time. It's not been, um, and I haven't done, I've just started acting again, but I, I, was, a, I was writing a film. I just didn't, was in the middle of, we had negotiated a film for, um, that I was going to write for Australia. 
because it was so, I, I was really looking forward to it because I hate working within the British film industry. It's run by a bunch of elitist, indolent idiots. Um, so I was really looking forward to going to Australia, a place that I've always wanted to go to, and to work on an Australian film. Uh, and unfortunately, the, uh, the key part of the finance fell out as we uh, finished negotiating heads of agreement. So mm. hopefully it will come back. Because uh, I would have, it meant I would have spent the winter, well, my winter, uh, I would have had the Australian winter, which is our your summer, our summer down there. So I would have been there for, um, would have been there for the Rugby World Cup. Uh, I would have been there to beg George for a cameo role in episode three. <laughs> and to write a movie in a country I've always wanted to go to. But hopefully it will come back. Right, and when can we expect, uh, or can we expect, the three admirals at Celebration 3? We're, I don't know. I would, that would be nice, but we are aiming to do it, we're aiming to do it in the States next year. Well, you guys could go on the road, you know. Well, we're thinking about taking it on the road, seriously, but we would want to do it. We're, we're looking for a way to do it in the most optimum way that we can get to the most fans. Uh, and that would probably be um, a show, probably... Uh, a San Francisco, Chicago, Atlanta show, something like that, or a New York show. New York, Chicago, Atlanta, perhaps. All right, well, thank you very much. I do okay. appreciate it. It's, well, thank it's you. been a treat, man. Right. I, I really do appreciate it, and, and uh, good luck with the rest of the show. All right, best of luck. Thank you.